What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Entrepreneurism Podcast. I'm here with Mo Abbas. He is the CEO at Acadium, and we're going to be talking about a lot today in the realm of entrepreneurship. Mo, how's it going, man? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. So before we get started into who you are, what Acadium is, how you got started, your journey, your struggles, your successes, I always ask this first question, what's the dumbest thing you ever spent money on? Um, well, you know, I have a bit of a, I like to buy random things on Instagram that I see that are cool, but those are usually low cost. So it's not right. too bad there. I think the, the dumbest investment I made is I bought a, a shit, excuse my language. I bought a lot of Amazon stock, uh, <laughs> without really knowing about investing. I just kind of threw my money in there right. and this was like the only time Amazon went down I lost 5% <laughs> like in a week and then I sold it and then it went up 20%, but yeah. That wasn't super smart. Um, yeah, those are those are those are a few investments that were not so smart. Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy because you there's so much emotion in the stock market, right? I mean, they say you have to buy low, sell high, but people do the opposite because it's emotion based. You know, I have a finance background, so I understand. It's not really hard to understand with a finance background or not, but you just you gotta just play for the long term. And Amazon is one of those things that's a long-term play. But again, like in your shoes, it was emotion-based, but yeah, enough exactly. about Amazon, more about you and Acadium. So you started a company called Acadium. And I, again, I want you to tell people what Acadium actually is for the audience that hasn't heard of it and who you are, how you got started with starting this entrepreneurship-based community. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you know, my name is Mo Bass. I'm the CEO of Acadium, CEO and one of the co-founders. And what Acadium does, it's a remote apprenticeship marketplace, which enables anyone with an internet connection to get training, networking, and hiring opportunities for digital jobs. And the way we do that is through apprenticeships. This is predominantly the core experience in Acadium is apprenticeships where on one side, you have these candidates who are looking for experience. They want to launch a career. Mm. On the other side, you have small business owners who are looking for help. So we connect the two where the apprentice helps the business owner in an apprenticeship, which is three months long, 10 hours a week, do it unpaid as part of their training. And then the business owner gets help and also a vetted talent pool they could hire from. So when they right. are looking to hire, it's a great way to find talent. It's a great way to get help. It's a great way of getting back and mentoring a young person or it doesn't have to be young, an entry-level candidate. Um, and it's marvelous. It's life-changing. These are life-changing relationships. And they happen. Yeah. We're primarily in North America, but we serve the whole world. That's, so, so how did you get started in this? I, it, has, it seems like something went off in your head, an idea perhaps that said, maybe this is a good idea that needs to be executed upon. Yeah. I, I guess the origin story starts when I had my first significant business, Ottawa general contractors, and I was taking it from one to $10 million. And it was me and a few friends in a basement office and we had no money, but we need to grow our business. So what we would do is we'd work with unpaid interns. We would get help. We trained them and a quarter of our staff was hired as unpaid interns. And for us, it was a fantastic experience because we got help and a, a hiring pipeline. And what we noticed over time is that 
we were taking people who were getting rejected by the job market. They were not, they, they weren't getting any responses to begin with. Right. And after coming into our company, they were getting a job uh, with us or they were leaving and getting a job immediately after. So that was super interesting. But at that time, I didn't really think anything of it. I was just being opportunistic. And I did that for a very, very long time, actually. And then one day I was working on a, a project. And it was a social media project. Uh, an app we were building with Richard Shaw, who is now my co-founder of Acadium. Mm-hmm. And for that app, I'm like, okay, let's let's get some help. Let's let's get an intern to come help us. So I'm interviewing this intern, and I'm like, hey, Rich, come come check this person out. And he comes in, and he's like, he he looks at me, and he's like, Mo, like this person's willing to like help us, and like and I'm paid, and and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, just like I have like 200 applicants here. And he's like, why are we building a social media app? Why aren't we solving this problem for these people who are going to school and are graduating so desperate that they're willing to do almost anything to get that experience and put it in And I ignored him. Like, you know what, Rich? Mind your own business. We're not in that, you know, we're we're building a social app, man. Forget about that. You're right. And he, I did it. Then we got another person and he did it again. He's like, Mo, like, what, this just makes no sense. And he wouldn't let it go this time. So we ended up like building this, like, I'm like, you know what, Rich, maybe there's something here. So right. we started comparing all these different ideas and it turned out to be like, you know what, there, there could be really something magical about this. And I'm like, I don't want to build anything. Let's just see if there's demand. So we put up a landing page, had a lot of conversions, 40% conversions on traffic, which was astronomical. And then we put up a, uh, a paywall where we had to force people to pay for experience, essentially. And they were still paying us. I'm like, okay, what? There's something going on here. And then from there, we, we got liquidity on one side of the marketplace, which is the, the candidate side. And then we got liquidity there. You know, we give them courses, a lot of stuff we offer the candidates. Right. Uh, and then we opened it up to the businesses. And that's how Acadium became who we are. And the key concept in Acadium and just to give you a bit of background is, you know, why Acadian? Like, how did we, why is this even a problem to begin with? And the problem really starts in the late 90s when the internet came about and it created a new class of digital jobs. Before mm-hmm. the internet, the job market and higher education, they were both going at the same pace. You graduate out of school and you're ready for the job market. Right. And you had these digital jobs that changed very quickly. And it's like, oh, I graduated and I'm not quite ready for these jobs because it just changed from a year ago. And then the internet started getting bigger and bigger and the digital jobs got more and more popular. And that delta got really, really massive to the point where, you know, pre-COVID, the, uh, you know, 56% of graduates were underemployed and 73 were employed outside their field of study. So clearly they're not ready for the job market. And then COVID just created this huge step function. We're now like the delta between job readiness among graduates and entry-level job requirements for digital jobs especially are just massively apart and they're stuck. They're caught in the cash 22. They don't have enough experience to get these jobs. Right. Now they're all requiring experience because the degree doesn't mean a lot to them, but they can't get experience without getting a job. So right. they're, they're stuck. And that's why they come to Acadian because it enables them to get mentorship enables them to get work experience, enables them to build a network, their own confidence and a portfolio. And 55% of apprenticeships on Acadian lead to a hiring relationship. And that's, that's quite remarkable. It's totally free. 
So, so yeah, I, I definitely think you're solving an issue in that space. And, you know, me, I'm, I'm 24, so I graduated college not too long ago. So I understand how difficult it can be to get a, a job out of college. You know, I did. I went the corporate route starting out. Do you think it ultimately comes down to an education issue, right? Where education is not preparing them for the job market that lies out there. Like you said, the digital jobs are, there's probably more of them than brick and mortar jobs, especially because of COVID, right? So, you know, me being in college a few years ago, I understand that a lot of what I learned in college, I don't use at all anymore. So what's the, what's, what's the solution to that problem? If there is one. There's three ways you solve this problem. Okay. And the first way is, is so there's, there's tens of millions of people around the world that need to get trained for the job market. Just to be clear on this. And that's accelerating because there's such a high turnover because of COVID. So you need a way to train tens of millions of people in a quick and affordable way and effective. So there's three criteria there. It's quick, affordable, it's effective. Right. And tens of millions of people. How do you do that? There's, there's, three there's three options you have. The first one is higher education can be iterated and can evolve. And it's, it's moved to some kind of like remote learning and, and can solve that. It's, it's, that's extremely unlikely. They've had you know, 20 years to figure that out and they haven't figured it out. So that one's extremely right. unlikely, but that's one way you could solve it is higher education just all of a sudden figures out collectively, you know, there's 3,200 yeah. schools in the U.S. that do higher education. Somehow they collectively figure out how to do good job training. Right. The second option, which is getting actually pretty popular, are boot camps. They have like these boot camps that said, look, you know, forget about your degree. Like you can do your degree, but pay us either, you know, X amount of dollars or an income share agreement where you pay us only when you get hired. Yep. And then we'll train you for this specific job. Okay, that one's not a bad solution because it's, it's quicker and it's more affordable and it's not too bad in the training. You still don't get any work experience. Right. And the third one, which is what Acadian does, and we're the number one at this, is you can plug into an existing infrastructure. And in our case, there's hundreds of millions of small businesses on, in the world. And we believe that on-the-job training is the most effective way to get trained for the job market. So what Acadian does is it plugs our platform into small businesses mm -hmm. and then it creates a marketplace where these businesses can train these candidates. They get unpaid help and they get a hiring pipeline and these candidates get structured, regulated training. It's not a free for all. Our platform is regulated. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's really interesting what you said, because I do agree that experience is better than just learning courses and boot camps and stuff like that. And that's great. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I think the real reason is like you're learning all these things in boot camps and courses, but why, why am I learning this? When would I use this and why would I ever need to use it? Right. But I think what Acadium is trying to accomplish is, Hey, we're going to teach you what you need to know, how you need to do it and why you need to do it literally while you're doing it so that it makes more sense. And I think people resonate with it more. So I love the message there, but as far as going forward, right, you've already established this, community where business owners and apprenticeships can happen, but what's the future goal of what Acadium could transform into? Yeah. Acadium is a place where anyone in the world, 
with just an internet connection can come and launch a career for free, right? And, and what does that do? What does that enable? What is the economic, what, what are we unlocking when someone who is in Missouri and doesn't have access to a good college or university or a military spouse mm-hmm. who cannot go to school or can't afford to go to school, right. what happens when they can get trained for free wherever they are for in-demand jobs? That is absolutely going to have a major impact around the world. Now, strategically, we don't, right now we're focusing heavily on the training aspect of it. Um, as we grow Acadium, we have the network and the hiring component where we are going to enable paid jobs on Acadium. Right now, 55% of apprenticeships lead to a paid opportunity. Right. But we're going to be a lot more intentional about that. And we're also going to build it into a market network where anybody you meet on Acadium, whether it's another candidate, whether it's a mentor, you'll be able to build a unique professional network in Acadium that's different than you have anywhere else. Because most of the people on our platform, they don't have a professional identity. They don't have a big LinkedIn. They don't have all this big resume. They're just looking to launch a career. So Acadium allows them to meet people like them and network. And we want to just double down on that. Right. So, so if I'm coming in and I'm a skeptic, right? And you tell me, okay, 55% of apprenticeships lead to paid jobs, which is yeah. awesome, right? So basically five or six out of every 10 people actually get a job. If I came in as, as a skeptic and said, hey, what about the other 45%? that don't get a paid job. How do you as a CEO of a business that is basically getting people jobs, how do you close that gap? Yeah, I do more apprenticeships, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. that's what I would recommend. I'm like, look, you're gonna build one apprenticeship. Okay, if you got hired, then maybe you're not ready to be hired. Like right. I'm not saying one apprenticeship, it's only 120 hours. You don't take somebody from zero to like superstar in 120 hours. It's just not a realistic thing. So, I mean, some of them do, some of them are like, just, they are like that. They just write right. apprenticeship and then they just prove themselves. I would just tell them do more apprenticeships. It doesn't even matter because they leave with confidence. Like these are people who they apply for jobs and nobody responds to them. Now they have a mentor that believes in them and is helping them. Right. So they leave with confidence. They leave with new relationships. They leave happier right? Then they did coming into a kid. And we're actually starting to measure that right now. Uh, you know, how happy were you before Acadium? How happy are you after? How confident before? How confident after? And right now, early, early, but that Delta is enormous. And that alone is enough to, right. to push our mission forward. So if someone does an apprenticeship at Acadium now, do other employers look at that as an attribute or look at it as like a, what is this? No, because they're not putting Acadium. There's a certification that comes from Acadium, which okay. is given by the business owner. So we just we just validate that this was a thing. Right. Um, it's a certification of completion for the apprenticeship that's handed awarded by the business that they're working with. Gotcha. But on the resume, it doesn't say Acadium. It says, I work for Brady Morgan Podcast, and I grew his podcast go. following from 5,000 to 10,000. Right. You know, I designed this website for him, and I helped him launch this thing. And, so like it's, it, and here's the reference from him and here's my rating in the training mm-hmm. uh, that you can see on my portfolio, on my profile on Acadium. And so imagine like stacking that, like you can do multiple apprenticeships and it just, it's work experience. It's not Acadium. Exactly. On the yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because when I was in college, I did one internship and it was at Northwestern Mutual in the financial services industry. And I applied for a lot of internships and I got one call back. So I see the value in what you're doing because people, too many people graduate college with zero experience and they think all they need is the piece of paper, the diploma, and that's going to get them a job. Unfortunately, it's not hard to get a college degree today. So that piece of paper does not mean a whole lot. It's not, what do you know? It's what can you do and how can you, how well can you do it? Right. So I love this idea of people being able to have access to more opportunities, but within Acadium, do you have people who are currently in college that are completing apprenticeships or is it primarily people who have already graduated, but just can't find a job? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of smart people that are in college. That are like, I'm not going to wait. Right. I'm going I'm to stack my resume right now. Like, well, why would I wait? It doesn't make any sense. We actually have partnerships with a lot of colleges too, because they know the problem, right? They're like the average cost of a degree in the United States for a nonprofit uh, four-year college out of state is $141,000. Okay. Ridiculous. They know like, oh my God, like if these people don't get hired, it takes 22 years on average to pay back the cost of a degree. What happens if you don't get hired? What happens if you're making the minimum wage? What? Yeah. It's a really, 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 it's, I cannot stress how big that problem is. And frankly, you know, if you really want to look at the problem, part of it is something that I coined as a, a junk degree where these colleges and universities, they're incentivized to sell degrees, not outcomes. They don't get paid if you get a job. They get paid right. if you are willing to spend money in getting a degree. Now, they actually make a lot of money from people who don't complete. So, you, the, you know, I, I forgot the exact stat. I think it was something like a quarter of people who enroll in the college or university. They'll pay for a year or two years. They didn't ever end up graduating. So where does that money go? It goes into... The they have nothing to vote for it because, as you said, the training is not relevant. It's really right. this piece of paper, the signal. Um, and, and a lot of it's just because life conditions come up. Like, it's hard to go to school and support a family. Exactly. It's hard to pay rent and go to school, right, at the same time if you're struggling, right. you know? You know, it's interesting, right, because I, I do believe the education system is broken. And they, they always say the education, education system is 20 years behind. I agree with that because a lot of stuff there they were teaching in my marketing classes is like nothing about social media, nothing about uh, like sales funnels or copy or anything. It's all about, Hey, let's do a SWOT analysis. Let's do what a strategic uh, marketing plan looks like. It's like, come on, that's not relevant to today. There's so many more resources out there, but you know, you, you brought up a good point. There is a lot of bullshit degrees out there right? You know, a lot of athletes get interdisciplinary studies degrees. It's nothing. They just study everything or they'll get communications degrees, which is fine. But like, what do you do at that point? Or a fine arts degree. Fine arts is great, but to go to college to get a fine arts degree that can cost well over six figures to probably, if you got a job, not pay very well. I don't understand that. Right. So I think, I love what you said, that what if colleges only got paid if there was a positive outcome? 
Because like I said before, college is becoming, well, college is becoming less and less effective, right? It's now, okay, now you have to have a master's degree to stand out. Yeah. When that's no longer thing, now you have to have a PhD. Like a college degree is not hard to get. And I'm speaking from experience of people that I went to college with that were not very smart that got a degree. So it's like, how is this? People didn't even show up to any classes and got a degree. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, so the idea of, Hey, I'm not paying you until I have a positive outcome. I love that idea. So there's actually, that's quite a popular thing now. It's getting more popular. It's called an income share agreement. Now, the only problem with an income share agreement is you have to be very, very selective because you can't, if this person doesn't have a high degree of getting hired, you're not going to do an ISA with them. It's just too risky as a business. Right, right. Um, and there are businesses that do the predominantly ISAs, and that's how they train people. And they, it's not too bad there. But I think there's a, a distinction we have to make. Look, college and universities, especially universities, they'll tell you themselves, we're not here to train people for the job market. That's not why universities are created. We're here to educate people, right? Which is actually a valuable thing in a way. Right. Um, but I think there's a part of that message is, is actually quite misleading because most people believe that they're also going to get job training, right? But in reality, that's not what the college or university is designed to do. So that's where a K-team steps in. Like, we're not here to educate people. We're not going to, like, teach you how to write and, and do grammar and calculus. That's not what we're about. We'll do the job training. And, in fact, it's not even a K-team that does the job training. Like, no institution, I believe. There's no institution that can keep up with the job market. It's just not, like, it's just not possible. It just changes too quickly. Right. So we don't believe we can. If anybody says they can, like they're pumping a lot of money into iterating their content pretty much every quarter at that point. And I, even then, I, I significantly doubt it. What we believe is the best people to train you is the job market. Like that's real-time training. Right. That's what they yeah. need today. Like what they need to I need you to do this. So I'll train you on this. And that's what I'm hiring for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's you made a good point. College is there to educate you. But I think the bad thing about college is getting the wrong education is also bad, right? You're getting, you're pumping your mouth with a bunch of knowledge that's not relevant or not going to be used. And maybe if there's a chance that it might be used, the fact, the methods they're teaching you how to do the, let's, let's say finance, for example, they're teaching you how to do all these things on paper calculation wise of like evaluating a, evaluating a company or working capital. It's like, I have a calculator and I have the internet and that's probably how I'm going to find the answer at a job. Right. So why are we not teaching students to utilize your resources, like have more open book tests. If you're going to do that, give them access to the internet, let them utilize what they're going to utilize in the job market. But all you want them to do is memorize information that they're going to forget after the test. So I love what Acadium is doing. I love the idea of doing on the job training because I don't think there's a better way to learn just like being an entrepreneur. And I'm sure you're the same way. You learn a lot as you go. It's hard to learn everything you need to know at the beginning. It's like, Hey, I don't know how to do sales funnels. I'll learn them when I need them. I don't know how to do ads. I'll learn it when I need it. I don't know how to even conduct a sales call. I'll learn how, when I do it. Right. So I love the idea and in, in the aspect of what you're trying to do. But Mo, we talked about a lot about Acadium and we're going to start wrapping up here because we're almost at time. With everything with Acadium, and, and I don't usually ask for advice at the end of podcasts because I think that's a very cliche question. And, you know, 
advice is given everywhere, but why do you love what you do so much? You seem very passionate about it. And why is it important that everybody chase something that can give them that same feeling of satisfaction that they're actually making a positive influence? You know, it's hard. Shit's hard. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, there's times where you just like, you know, especially early, early on, like right now, okay, we're doing better now, right? Kidding much more successful now. But early on, when you're, when you're in the office and it's 9 p.m. and it's dark and it's cold outside and you're by yourself or maybe you have your co-founders with you, and you don't, have, you don't have very much customers and you're running out of money, right? And, you know, you could be like, oh, I love my job and that's why I'm doing this. No, shit's fucking hard. You know, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not a nice place to be. It's right. painful. It's suffering, right? And what allows you to go past that is, number one, is, is, is accepting that. It's part of the journey. Right. It's, it's part of the part of being human, frankly, is to suffer and just believing in what you know deeply. That's a big one, too. I knew that the idea of training candidates for the job market as a business owner, because I lived it. It's not it wasn't a guess. I've been in businesses that failed, frankly, and. I was just as happy in a way, but maybe not, but in a way. Um, so the happiness is, I don't tie my happiness with my work at all, actually. It's satisfying. It feels great. It does feel good when you know you're changing lives. Right? It does feel really, really nice. I'm not going to lie about that. But my happiness comes intrinsically, right? I don't tie it to external things. It comes from within. And if it comes from within, then anything that happens outside of here, is this reason and logic and you make the best decision for it. Yeah. I love that. You know, I think a lot of people allow external things to be the source of their happiness or unhappiness. Right. And just like you said, just look within yourself because it's probably there, you know, and, and happiness has been a big topic, you know, of conversations lately on this podcast is, you know, what is happiness? And I think it's just, it's different for every person, but I think too many people, I just got asked this on a podcast today, you know, at what point do you quit a business? You know, it's a hard question for people to answer. That's a good question because I have to quit the social media. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I said, you know, I think it's when if stuff's just not working and you feel like you're beating a dead horse and you're not happy, screw what anyone else thinks for quitting. Like this is about you with it. Like be selfish, right? Think about you and say, okay, if I can't make an impact here, where can I make an impact? Just like what you did with Acadium. And that's what I love is entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs, I believe are one searching for opportunity, but two searching for impact. And when you can combine those two and maybe even add in passion, that's happiness in my opinion. One thing, one thing to note as well is when we moved to Acadium, we were working on that social media app, which was failing. Like it wasn't sticking. We had growth, but it wasn't sticking. Right. It causes a lot of confusion because it's whirling, but it's not sticking. So is there something there? Right. But 
you really, and I, I credit my co-founder Richard for this because he would not stop asking the hard questions. Is this something people want? Why is our daily retention so low? Why is people coming back to the app? What problem are we solving? What, whose problem is this? What do you know about social media? We know like who are our demographics? And when you can't answer a lot of those questions or it's like kind of a wishy-washy answer, like you could test a lot of your ideas. And if it passes the test on paper and it passes the first degree test where you bring it to your friends and your family and they can't really find any, you know, big problems or, you know, it's, this problems you can't answer at least you know effectively then you could be like well you know i believe in this and it's it's it makes a lot of sense but if, if you can't answer like deeply is this a significant problem what's the market opportunity how do you monetize like if you can't answer those fundamental questions and you're just you know you're, you just want to work on this thing or you're passionate about it you don't really have a business right so like there's there's a there's a, there's a thing about building a business and then there's a thing about being happy in what you do and those are completely like you can combine the two. You really got to know what a business is and how to build a profitable business. Exactly. Start a business. Yeah. I talked to uh, Brad Lee and he talks about how, you know, people chase their, their passion projects. They want to work on a business they're passionate about. It's like, well, to be honest, if you are broke and not making any money with your passion project, I can promise you, you're not going to like doing it because it sucks to spend a lot of time on something with no return financially right? Because I think a lot of business owners are seeking a financial return. So when you can combine the business and the opportunity successfully with being happy and being able to answer those hard questions and being able to be completely satisfied with where you're at in your life, like that's a beautiful thing. And it's within yeah. everyone to find that. Uh, and again, it's different for everyone, right? But it's just being real with yourself of where am I at with my business? Can I answer the hard questions? Is this something that makes me happy that I'm passionate about? If yes, do I see a future in it? If no, we'll start rethinking some things. You, you know, and, and it could be any kind of business. Like you have Andy Grove, who is CEO of Intel. And he was the CEO for over 20 years and he was super happy, created a very profitable business. He was happy building computer chips, right? It's like, how right. exciting is that, right? Ultimately. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really about your environment, uh-huh. your, the people you work with, and just really like you could do anything if you're intentional about building an environment for yourself where you, first of all, you don't have triggers that make you feel bad. And you know, what makes you feel good. They're a very simple thing. A cup of coffee makes me feel great. Sunshine makes me feel great. Right. right. Seeing a friend for dinner, that makes me feel great. Those aren't complicated things. I could still run a good business and do that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And I love the way you put that. But Mo, we're going to go ahead and completely wrap up. I do appreciate your time and talking about Acadian was a very informative conversation. Where can my audience find you on social media and where can they find Acadian? Yeah. So uh, my social media handle is at real Mo Bass, Twitter, Instagram, hit me up on Instagram, Twitter at real Mo Abbas, M-O-E-A-B-B-A-S. And then the business is at Acadium Official. So Acadium is A-C-A-D-I-U-M and then official on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, guys, I will link his social media handles in the description. Reach out to Mo. Let him know what you thought about the episode. And Mo, appreciate your time, man. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneurism Podcast. We post episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 a.m. Central Time. We would greatly appreciate if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. I'm Brady Morgan, your host. We'll see you next time.